PC Perspectives coverage of CES 2015 is brought to you by Logitech. See the latest gaming peripherals at gaming.logitech.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast Special Edition from CES Day 3. Day 3. More like 5, but it's fine. Well, yeah. Friday, I don't think counts. Saturday, we didn't do a show, so it doesn't count. Only days that count are days we podcast. That's oh, how I live. Okay. The only days that matter are when I get to talk with Josh and Alan. Yeah. Aww on podcasts oh i'm sad uh so um <clears throat> it's actually today was the actual first day of the show right yeah i believe so <clears throat> today is tuesday by the way um thank you guys for joining us live if you're if you are pcpro.com slash live we record the show there uh we've got a chat room you can hang out ask us questions make fun of us do whatever you do uh and then um of course pcpro.com slash subscribe if you want to know when we are going live with events i actually gave people like 45 minutes notice this time yeah which is way better than we had the last times and it's earlier we're actually recording this at 10:45 eastern time which is like our normal start time if you think about it for a podcast. Um, so there's that. And PCPro.com slash podcast. That's the normal stuff. Uh, normally, well, whatever. Anyway, if you listen to this, chances are you've heard a podcast before. So welcome. So let's, uh, let's dive into what we did today. <clears throat> Starting with, let's go to Asus. We actually went over to their suite. Um, we saw most of the same stuff. We talked a lot about it yesterday, so we don't need to, to follow up on it. We, we saw the, the, the uh, Transformer Chi. Chi. Yeah. Transformer Book Chi. Transformer Book Chi. I knew there was a word I was forgetting there. Uh, saw the phones. Um, they had some new networking stuff that was actually kind of interesting. They had... Uh, Sauron uh, helped design. Yeah, no joke. There was a, a, an AC repeater that looked like the Borg or... Uh, uh, David Hewlett ZPM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was we had some cool stuff there. Uh, they didn't have any like motherboards or graphics cards to show off. They did show off obviously the PG two seven AQ monitor, which is that four K IPS G Sync panel that they announced yesterday that we talked about yesterday. Got to see it in person. It wasn't. I guess we they had one running an actual game and run running a video, uh, so we did get to see it actually running, but didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with it. Uh, that is a second half of the year product still with it still with an unknown price tag, and um, I know a lot of people that are interested in it. I would be way more interested in it if I knew the price was not a thousand dollars or something like you that. You can't put a price on perfection. You can, uh, and I do all the time. <laughs> Actually, that's how I sell me. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so I don't really we don't really wanna, I don't need to spend any more time on that because I feel like we talked about it yesterday and I didn't spend enough but time with it. But did you find offer. Incredible there? I did. Uh, I mean, they've been was, searching for it. I, he was in the back and yeah. he wasn't allowed out. Um, oh, hi, phone. Uh, they also I didn't get to see it. We wanted to see the new MG monitor. Who I keep saying that because I can't remember the full model number. Mm-hmm. The MG, which is the 120 hertz IPS, 25 by 14. Uh, monitor that may support adaptive sync technology, not free sync necessarily, but adaptive sync variable refresh stuff. Um, but they kept hiding the, the the monitor from you. They kept hiding it. And I'm not sure e- it exists. I'm not sure it exists either. They emailed me later and said, hey, I'm really sorry. Uh, a couple of other press people got to see it before you. Don't be mad. <laughs> 
because I was the instigator of trying to, to find like I was like yeah 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 ROG yeah, I got it this is the one I want to see um, for shame so we're going to go back there tomorrow hopefully and, and take a quick look at that uh, so that, that was ASUS not a, not, a, not a big jump there we went to Corsair Ken and I did they had um, again we talked about their products previously as well because the announcements went out they had it a new, uh, what is it, HG110? No, no, H110 GT. Yeah, GT. Uh, which is a new water cooler. They actually did some cool stuff to it that I, I guess I didn't realize. So um, the industrial, the design of it is different now. Like the um, the pump looks neater, right? And it doesn't add anything functionally, but it has like looks like a metal plate on it with their logo and branding. Um, the actual uh, radiator itself has like a silver ring around it with their branding on it. Instead it of just designed a, instead of just a radiator. Yeah, instead of just like that plain black radiator that everybody uses, it's got a little bit of design to it. Um, the tubes that have that go from the radiator to the pump and back are now um, like they have a fabric sleeve around the other sleeve just to give it a little bit nicer uh, touch there. Um, and it's the I think they said it would be like there was like five or six degrees better than the other the 110 or the 100 the standard thickness mm-hmm. 240 the 100 the 100 okay um with better pump uh they're using one four corsair 140l fans like high quality very low noise fans for it included with it and then the pricing is the same as the 100 was so i'm sorry is that exciting yes yeah yeah they also had um they announced this yesterday, the, the bracket for the GTX uh, 700 series, like some of the 700 series the, uh, that allows you to mount an all-in-one cooler to your graphics card. Um, you know, they admitted it's late to the game. It's for 780, so it's, it's hard for people to be buying a 780 and now also one of these devices. Um, <clears throat> but it's a little interesting thing that, you know, they're working on one for the 970 and 980, and those will hopefully be here much shorter or much closer time period than uh, uh, to release than with the 970 on that. What else did we see there? Uh, the new Voyager GTX USB, uh, Alan, yep. is like, it has like a metal body. It's actually, yeah. it feels really cool. It's pretty sexy. We've got a post up, I think, that has that same picture. Yeah, but, but like holding it feels yeah. nice. Like it yeah. feels weighty and heavy. And they said they basically did that because they wanted people to know that the one with the SSD parts inside of it was more than just a standard USB I don't know. I kind of like that the other one was light. Yeah, maybe. You know. But this one, was, I, I, I like the way it looked. They had a new HX1200i. They're actually replacing the AX1200i power supply with the HX1200i power supply. What's the difference between those two? Not much. Oh. Alan, I'm going to need you to actually talk into the microphone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they Not much. Not much, really. It's a different o- OEM, essentially. All right. Right. Um, so that was, I'm trying to think, that was, that was pretty much it, Corsair. And then they, at the 100R, I think that was announced. But we have all news posts of this as Sebastian and, and Scott and those guys and Tim kind of went through. So they've, they've got all the good information there. You went to Patriot, Alan. Did you see anything interesting there? Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, all right. Well, uh, first we went to first. I went to Adata. I think that was first this morning. Um, so they have some uh, interesting stuff coming uh, using Silicon Motion twenty two fifty six. Is that new? Is that new? Uh, that is actually new. Hmm. Um, and actually, I, we I swung by Silicon Motion yesterday, but it was kind of a blur. It was like one of the last things we did before rushing over to the um, digital experience thing. Sure. So, um, 
but the Solid Combustion 2256, right? The stuff we've reviewed so far is 2246. Okay. Right? Uh, 2256 is basically a uh, triple level cell controller, like it's designed towards triple level cell. Right. Right? Uh, and the interesting thing that I found was that this controller works with uh, Samsung TLC, works with uh, Toshiba TLC, works with SK Hynix TLC. And what they told me, which I'm still kind of like surprised about, is that all three of those TLCs style dies support having an SLC partition. So not just Samsung with their Evo, hmm. right? Apparently, all three of their those That's vendors. That's very unique, then. Right. Um, and this controller, this 2256, is able to handle that partitioning and basically do exactly what the Evo could do. Right, so this is a competing, you know, not Samsung SSD that's on the horizon that can have, uh, you know, TLC, which is relatively low write speeds, but SLC cache for, you know, certain number of gigabytes worth of uh, continuous writing. So that's, you know, that's okay. kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, ADAT also had some, they were showing a lot of other things that were like kind of, you know, way over the horizon kind of things like enterprise SSD with the whole bunch of solid state caps on it. So it can reliably have power interrupted to it over and over and over again. That's what this whole thing should be. They actually had a demo running with like a microcontroller powering uh, the SSD, and it was connected to a system, and it was just like pulling the power, and then pulling it, plugging it back in, basically doing the equivalent. <laughs> and and Aww, then and then when thing. it uh, yeah, while it was running, and then when it it's came back, computer torture. It, when it came back, and the system re-recognized it. It, the, the 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 system that was running was automatically doing like a parity check of a file, or you know some kind of a thing, basically like a test to just to make sure the data was still correct. Right? I just keep thinking of the Windows disconnect, reconnect. Basically, disconnect. yeah, the poor the <laughs> poor do. system. Did it? Uh, that's do exactly do. what it was doing, do. right? That's exactly what was going on. Uh, and they showed uh, M.2 that they're working on coming out with, but it seems kind of like you know enterprisey first sort of thing, not really. Not okay. cons- you know, not consumer yet. But what controller? Uh, they didn't even. I don't even think they said what the controller was on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. But, yeah. Um, you know, just kind of random things. And then A dot always has these other really, you know, off the wall kind of things. They have different. You can change colors of LED light bulbs that they make and all sorts of. <laughs> sure. You know, that's not really. Yeah, it's not really our wheelhouse. Yeah, it's not really our yeah. thing. Uh, they did have one thing that did catch my eye. Uh, external RAID zero within an SSD within two and a half inch SSD enclosure, like basically an external two and a half inch style, you know, form factor uh, SSD in a in a little mini box kind of thing, right? Okay. Uh, but it was but it was USB three point one Type C. There you go. Right, and supported eight hundred nineteen and eight hundred thirty nine meg per second read and write, respectively. I could plug that into my new MSI Z ninety seven motherboard. Yeah, perfect. Uh, did you? Did, did they have a demo running, or was it just? No, like no, a, no. This was. They like, just said that's. What I don't even think there was anything was. in that box, okay. but they said that it was, was coming. We could, we could steal it and then run over to MSI and plug it in. And benchmark that, it. that was yeah. Um, so nice. that's a chicken and the egg thing. That thankfully yep. we now have the egg and the chicken just in two separate places. We should have those two meet. Yes, we should. Somebody running down the hallway. Okay, so uh, Patriot or Sandisk? Anything interesting there? Uh, let's see, Patriot. Patriot's doing some kind of... They always have like a bunch of re, other random stuff. Like you would think that just, they just do memory and solid state. Sure. Now they have like iPhone cases and like 
Uh, yeah. iPhone cases with like some kind of connector on the back, and then magnetized docks that you just like stick it to, and it like charges and yeah. stuff like that. There's a bunch of that stuff, but but uh, they did have a USB 3.0 external drive, which looked almost just like the Samsung T1, which had apparently been out for a little while, and I think is even like maybe even a little thinner. Doesn't look as cool. Then it yeah, it doesn't doesn't look as cool. But I mean, it's and it doesn't go as fast either. Nowhere near the speed of oh the, yeah the, the Samsung part, like half the speed roughly. Yeah. Um, so there was that. I mean, at least you know that they did have something. Uh, they were showing um, uh, UHS two SD card goes how fast? Uh, oh, UHS two. Yeah. yeah, UHS two. We talked about it. A, it was a while back. We talked about it. It's basically an SD card where you usually have the the front leading edge row of pins, but then UHS two actually has another row of pins. Okay. So extra data connectors. Faster. All right. All right. Uh, so UHS-2, it's like this card is rated supposedly at 280 megabytes per second. That SD card is? Yes. Nice. But it, this was a dummy SD card. <laughs> nice. But like, I guess that's what they're shooting for on that part. Uh, the spec itself can go up to a little over 300 meg per second uh, half duplex. Like that's the max. Mm. Um, so that was interesting to see, you know, okay, it's like, Okay, that yes, somebody has a UHS two, you know, SD card. That's cool, right? They didn't have it in mini form, like a, or sorry, micro form, but it was you know at least they have it and it's kind of coming, right? Um, there were some other companies which I saw today, which did which are which do have wow I came and talk. It's good. It's fine. Um, You're good. Which do have a UHS two micro SD, and that is uh, Lexar. Lexar's pretty big in the SD card stuff, right? Lexar is crucial slash Micron's, you know, consumer camera SD card kind of offshoot, right? Um, so they had those. They showed a uh, 1000X rated SDHC card. 1000X rated? Yeah, so, okay, that's, so... Uh, so the, movies that's, at one time. So, <laughs> it translation... That's some really bad translation, stuff you're watching. The, the X... You know, whatever X rating of an SD card is a throwback from CD-ROMs, why it's still sticking around, I don't know. But CD-ROM 1X is 150K per second. So if you times 1,000, 150 meg per second, right? It's simple enough when it's just an even 1,000 like that. But this was a... Remember that um, couple months back I was all excited about like that Lexar really like, tiny micro SDHC card reader that's like barely bigger than the USB port sure. and you just slide the card in and the performance was like you know 100 meg per second like really good performance for like really okay. tiny provided the card could do it right yep. so this guy same exact form factor card reader and card now available or coming soon and at 150 meg per second so the things are going like even faster for like a really tiny you know really tiny SD card that can go that fast it's who knows what you're going to plug it into right now? Like right. smartphones don't have, you know, UHS two ports in them, and I don't think they're going to have them soon, really either. But, um, but again, you know, cool things that are coming, right? That are like faster speed to transfer data, like sneaker net kind of stuff. Um, Never heard of it. Crucial also had, uh, you know, they they have their DDR four. Cool. Right, that's Micron's memory. thing, yep. right? DDR4, they were showing. I've heard of that. Um, so, MX200. Ooh, Ooh, we like the MX100. Uh, MX200 is kind of going to be an M600. 
Oh, no. For consumer. Oh, I know. No. Yeah. Okay, so the M600 was the thing with the dynamic... Right, the dynamic thing. flash that adjusts could, between could, SLC and MLC. Yeah, it could flip the dies between SLC and MLC mode. Um, so they're trying to carry that over into this, and I kind of voiced the concerns that we voiced when we did the review to them. Hopefully, you know, they said that the firmware is different now. We'll know when we review, actually do the review of them when we get samples, sure. right? Yep. Um, so here's hoping, I guess, because it, it is a good idea. You know, on paper, it was always a good idea. Yes, it, yeah, um, very much so. Uh, so there's MX200, uh, there's a BX100, uh, which is supposed to kind of sort of replace b- 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 the, the MX, kind of, like, they're going for the really low-cost okay. SSD on that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and as a matter of fact, I think that's like the um, Silicon Motion 2246, I think, is the controller in there. So they're not even using their, like the, the Marvel the controller for, for like they usually oh, do, okay. right? So it sounds like they're just trying to do the, their best to get the cost down. And they were talking about launching like around forty cents a gig, all the way up to a terabyte, I think, with that, or somewhere around there. How about twenty cents? Uh, no, not twenty. How about but how about three fifty? But forty? <laughs> no, no, not three fifty. But four, I mean, forty cents a gig is pretty good. I mean, you know, for again, launch MSRPs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's good to see launch MSRPs from right. additional companies, right? That are that are pretty low. It's a video. Um, uh, it's a video. What else do we do in this whole storage chunk of stuff? Um, OCZ. We can come back to you, so you're so you take a break. Yeah, okay, I'll take a breather. Take a go break. Ahead. Yeah. Josh, did you go see Zotech? Yes, I went and saw Zotech. Thanks for making me talk because I don't yawn nearly as much. I know, I know. when talking. Anything interesting at Zotech? Uh, you know, Zotech is they're doing interesting cards, especially with this uh, nine seventy nine eighty generation. Okay. Um, we've uh, usually they're the ones who are oddly enough uh, at the beginning that were in stock. Um, I know that. Heard some good and bad things about their products, but I think overall um, they're you know about average in, in terms of RMAs and quality. Sure. Um, but you know they have the great casings. They they have multiple fans. Uh, they they overbuild the cards. Uh, their amp versions have things like uh, voltage monitoring, where you you plug in a USB uh, micro cable and then plug that into a USB port, download their software. And you can monitor all these other voltages that uh, some other ones don't actually do. We haven't really uh, uh, reviewed much of their stuff, but, you know, maybe that's something that they they would like to change. That sounds cool. Um, One of the more interesting ones is, so they make these higher-end cards, the amp and and the amp exclamation point, and I can't remember all the different (laughs) branding that they have. Uh, But they didn't have anything that was more reference-like, but still was Zotac, so... They they kind of went down, took it down a notch with the 970. Um, it still uses their own PCB design board. I think it doesn't. No, it does have a backplate. Uh, less, you know, smaller cooling, and instead of two by eight PCIe, it's got two by six. So you can huh. still overclock it. It's still got a high clock speed coming out of the box, but you're not going to have the really high high overclocks that you need with like LN2. Um, water cooling, sure. stuff like that, that that people would use uh, these boards for, and they're offering it that at a much lower price. So you get a reference um, price of what three twenty nine. I think that's still reference price, and uh, you get all these extras that Zotac is is giving you with this board. So uh, they're getting a bit more aggressive with their price points, and they'd like to make a bigger impact in at least the North sure American market. Yeah. And uh, 
so yeah, I got to talk to them, and uh, they they had a bunch of their new Z boxes. So they're going with some of the next generation of uh, Intel products, Broadwell U stuff, Broadwell U, and uh, they're still uh, they they still have AMD offerings, okay. which is kind of interesting. Yeah, um, they do. They do. They do. Uh, A4s and I think A6s, uh, depending oh, on the box. I thought you were talking GPUs. I was real confused for a second. No, no. We go to the yeah, Z-Box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they had the, cool. uh, the Death Star globe that Z-Box one is cool. thingy. It's kind of fun. Is it yeah. actually Star Wars branded? No, it is not, but uh, people did make uh, mods out of it, and of course somebody uh, did make a Death Star of course, of course, yes. out of it. Uh, had all kinds of lights poking at it. Why not? Yeah, yeah, they should you know, get those. Lime green toothpicks and have a laser blowing up Alderaan. That would, that would be a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, so they got a lot of little things going on there. I'll write about more. Uh, but uh, you know, they're they're a thriving little company that uh, would like to make a bigger impact. What about uh, NZXT? NZXT, I can't talk about. Cool. I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that would be what? Uh, Sapphire. Sapphire. Sapphire is a little disappointed. Okay. Because uh, AMD has not been releasing chips, uh, they don't say that, but they're like, you know, sorry, we don't have anything really new. Uh, we've we've got uh, one of our top end. Uh, what is their branding? I forget. Uh, Tri-Fire? Sapphire, Tri X. Yeah, the Tri X. Tri X. I, I think, think so. Uh, but they have you know one of their top end two ninety X that they've redesigned. Uh, it's again a very beefy card. They've got the ten millimeter heat pipes. And like an eight millimeter, and also uh, two fives. So you've got five heat pipes coming out of there, plus the vapor plate, and it's just such an overbuilt, heavy cooler. I mean, you can kind of overclock that thing to the moon huh. as compared to other two ninety Xs. They they actually have, they're probably the best of the AMD partners at this point right now. So they're, yeah, they they I, I think MSI may kind of. MSI seems to have more favor towards the NVIDIA side of things for yeah. right now. So yeah. They go back and forth depending on who's got what product to yeah. sell. So. Yeah. Um, as, you know, Sebastian, well, that, we don't have to go into that. But no, the no, Sebastian and no, his no. coil wine was actually his PSU and not the lightning card. Correct. Anyway, but that Correct. has nothing to do slander with Sapphire. <laughs> uh, the other one was, of course, the uh, the R9 285 uh, Mini ITX that they have. It actually, it again, it's a really overbuilt cooler on uh, this pretty small card. Uh, we may be getting one here soon to compare against uh, MSI and uh, and uh, the ASUS Mini ITX. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, people seem somewhat excited about that, but uh, you Look know, the R9 285 is is not been. The biggest seller for AMD, primarily because they released it, and then we saw the 970 and 980 right. come out right. pretty shortly after that. So it, it uh, you know, while it was a little bit more efficient, it had uh, anything we can do. Nope. Okay. It had uh, better, a uh, little more efficient. Had more, you know, had the XDMA and uh, and true audio. But uh, it was not the big jump that we saw with the Maxwell. Okay. All so right. that was Sapphire. And uh, Diamond, Diamond Multimedia, they're kind of in the same thing. They they would like to sell more video cards, but there are new, no real refresh models. So around their place, uh, they have a, uh, a kind of wireless mirroring 
uh, box that they showed off. So uh, you connect to it uh, wirelessly, and the, the box is connected to the TV, and then you can mirror your thing. You can actually share that so you can swap through whoever is mirroring on the screen for, like, you know, education meetings, uh, right. stuff like that. They actually have kind of a cool video capture, a 1080p video capture box that uh, accepts uh, composite or component? Component, component. like red, blue, Is green? Red, blue, green, yeah. yeah. Component, uh, HDMI, and uh, you can actually plug mic in there and do real-time talking. So this is like, you know, the YouTubers who Never are playing their game and, uh, you know, they just want an easy way to encode video. Yeah. They can use this box. It's got a on-off button. It's like, I want to record. You hit the button. You just start recording video. Right. So it plugs into your computer. It's really nice. Uh, I mean, they have a couple other little components, but those were those were kind of the interesting ones. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, <clears throat> real quick here, if you're watching the live stream, it looks like it's going up and down, so you may or may not be seeing this. So... Um, it looks like it's getting data now. So, uh, like I said, the LTE here goes in and out. We really can't do much about that because the hotel is way worse, way worse in all that regard. So, if you miss any of this, don't worry. You can go back and watch it all later, like multiple times on YouTube. So, uh, we went to Cooler Master, right? And they didn't have a whole bunch of new stuff. What they did have new that was really cool was... Um, so if you remember, there was a technology we talked about on the podcast in multiple places, I think, uh, from uh, – it was kind of like developed by Sandia Labs, right? And the idea was uh, making a heat sink that uses the metal of the heat sink to actually move the air. So use the, the aluminum or whatever it happens to be. In this case, it's aluminum uh, to actually move the air across itself and the rest of the heat sink. And so we have – Cool chip, uh, cool chip technology is that what it was called? Yes, yeah. is now a company that is is licensed that and they're implementing it, and they've partnered with Cooler Master to start releasing um, uh, heat sinks based on this technology coming up this year. Hopefully, maybe even as soon as as Computex. And um, we have some pictures. Uh, we don't have anything online as we watch this live, but you'll see the the, the photos there. Uh, and it's a video of this at work. And it's really, really, really cool. So it's basically you imagine you have an aluminum plate, right, that rests on the processor. It's your heat plate, if you will. And then it has a rod that goes straight up in the middle. And then inside that, like right around that, you have a, a little motor. And you put on top of it a, a, a another part of the heat sink that actually has fins kind of uh, made into it, right? And then that motor spins the top portion of the uh, uh, heat sink in a direction that moves air across it. Now, what it does is when those two pieces of metal meet, you'll see grooves in between them. And they're using a, uh, like, they kind of come together like, like saw teeth or, or alligator teeth, whatever you want to say. And they come together, not quite touching, but very, very close. And then as it spins, it pulls that heat up out of that plate onto the rest of the heat sink, and then the, the air that it's moving through the top portion kind of cools it all. And the idea is you can get um, much quieter and much more, uh, much smaller heat sinks that can do the same job as traditional air coolers, but better and in smaller places. Right? Server workloads is one area. Obviously, that's why Sandia was looking into it. Um, but they're looking at bringing it into consumers. 
they're gonna, they're they're not looking to. They're going to. They're going to bring it to consumers, right? Uh, it's it's a pretty cool technology, and it's really neat looking as well. Ken would have totally lost several fingers by now, though, had we been using this realistically. And so. maybe a tongue. Maybe, maybe a tongue. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so there was that. Uh, and they had some p- new power supply stuff that they're showing off, uh, Bluetooth-enabled power supplies, so that you can monitor your power supply in real time, maybe even log data. Uh, uh, so it's kind of like computers start getting their own, what, OBD2 sensor? That's, you that's just one plug way. it okay. in, yeah. And, yeah. and you get stats on everything. There's just a little, so this was like a dev kit, and there's just a little board with an ARM, arm processor and a Bluetooth module stuck on the, sticking out the back of the power supply. Right, right. Put, put an ARM processor in everything, and it'll be good. Correct. Sure, why not? I know a company would be very happy about that. ARM? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then why not? Uh, Intel. Oh, sad face. Um, so that was Cooler Master. Uh, we'd already talked about the, the new stuff at Samsung, right? Was there anything else, Alan, at Samsung? Or uh, Let's see, other new stuff? Uh, we had the little portable hard drive. But they just had some other upgrades to like their micro and SD card stuff okay. lines, but that's not really significant. Okay. They didn't do any, I didn't see any UHS-2. Okay, so. gotcha. We did go see Intel, and they showed off uh, the new Broadwell-based Nook. And that was cool. Mm-hmm. It's smaller. It's faster. It's got M.2 port uh, fast uh, by four M.2. Wi-Fi is soldered onto the board now, so it's yep. included. Yep, Wi-Fi is included. Don't have to worry about adding that in. Um, same prices as the previous models. Nothing changes there. The power brick is smaller. It's a much more efficient and cool-looking device. Uh, but I think by far the most interesting thing we saw was the Intel compute stick. Which is it's a it's a thumb it looks like a thumb drive but it's larger the base of it is a little bit larger and instead of a USB drive it has a US or an HDMI port on it and the HDMI port uh, is inter- to be plugged into a TV and then inside the the stick is a Bechtel processor two gigs of memory thirty two gigs of eMMC storage eight hundred two eleven n two point four gigahertz Wi Fi and uh, Bluetooth support. So you basically have a Baytrail computer that you can plug into your TV. If it has, what's the what's the HDMI standard that allows MHL. power? MHL. MHL. If if the TV has MHL, it will power on the device no. while it is. No. No. They said that's second gen. Oh, second gen. Yeah. Okay. So it does require uh, a USB power, but you know most TVs have a USB port on the back of them now. Anyway. Yeah, you can use USB 2.0 port, like 500 milliamps. Yeah, 500 milliamps all it needs, um, and so. It's going to ship the. It's going to ship for one hundred forty nine dollars with Windows eight point one with Bing. It's a computer. It's a whole. It's a whole. It's it a whole is, computer. computer. Right. You use Bluetooth to connect your keyboard, mouse, and you basically have a computer connected to a TV or a monitor for that point. Right. Anything that has an HDMI port. I posited that we should plug it into the back of an Xbox One and have it be the pass through. Yo, dog. I heard you like x eighty six. Yeah. So we put x eighty six in your x eighty six. Uh, what else we got? The oh, and they have they're gonna have a Linux version that has one gig of RAM, eight gigs of storage, eighty nine dollars, I think. Right, that's that's damned impressive, really, to get that kind of that kind of capability out of it. So, um, go ahead, you were gonna say something? Yeah, I think it's amazing. Uh, you know the Chrome crack, Chrome cracks, Chromecast 
and those things, it's going to be a nice little uh, it, little extra. It, well, it's nothing like a Chromecast. No, I know that, but I'm just talking about we have the functionality of the Chromecast and those little things. But a stick that's only slightly bigger, you We're plug in. We're going HDMI ports. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, you know a fully functioning computer that can do lots of stuff. Yeah, it's it it, it looks pretty neat. Uh, what was the new stuff at OCZ, Alan? You were going to mention? Uh, there was that uh, Jet Express SSD controller. That's their like new, new controller. Okay. Yeah, um, ten channel controller. Uh, so not eight like normal, right? That's more than uh, that's more yeah, than, it's more than eight. more than eight. Um, is there, there? I mean, they're shooting more for enterprise with this, obviously, right off the bat. But it's um. M.2, uh, you know, form factor. It's not the M.2 uh, 2280. It's longer. I forget what the next highest increment is, but it's the longer one. Um, the one they were showing had, you know, it had extra caps on it for power loss protection and all that other stuff. Like, definitely a beefy enterprise kind of SSD, but in a really tiny, like, thin, you know, M.2 isn't exactly a, a big PCB. No. Um, uh, it supports SATA and PCIe and along the PCIe route, it also supports NVMe, right, for the protocol, instead of AHCI, which is cool. They're yep. b- basically, they're trying to throw everything possible at one controller that they have developed so that it can support <laughs> everything you could possibly need, right? Cool. Um, and the link on PCIe is PCIe 3.0 by 4. So okay. So not 2.0 by 4, mm. which is what typical M.2 is, right? Uh, and we don't have a lot more detail than that. Right? We don't have any kind of specs, like performance specs or anything like that. But, you know, 10-channel controller, it's, it's potentially a lot of bandwidth yeah. uh, to be able to throw at the, at the PC there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, and then there was also something that we're going to be testing soon, which is a Vector 180. It's basically just an updated vector. Um not really sure yeah. if the performance will be any better. Um, the, I would imagine they're tweaking their firmware a little bit further and just probably to the point where they wanted to make it a new a new model. And they're adding uh, some degree of power loss protection in there. They're just calling it power failure management, uh, which I think is just, just enough uh, capacitance built into the drive for it to make sure the metadata never gets corrupted. Right? I don't think they're really covering like in-flight data. I think they're just covering... Sure. Make sure that the drive shuts down gracefully. Gotcha. If you get power loss, you know when it's not expected. When that expected, uh, and that was—I mean—that was pretty much it for OCZ. All right. Um, so our last our last um, stop for the day was at uh, AMD. AMD. Yes. yes. We talked about a few things. Uh, we talked about Carrizo for a little bit, which is their. We're allowed to talk about that, right? Yeah, I mean, they didn't really... We are now. Yeah. I mean, it's we didn't get that much information. It's basically their new replacement for Kaveri, essentially. Correct. It's... it's um, Well, there's there's two flavors of Carrizo. Carrizo Well, mm-hmm. which is going to replace Kabini. Okay. And then there's just Carrizo, which is going to replace, you know, the mobile Kaveri. Uh, what they're, they're doing, which is kind of interesting, is uh, they're going to have one infrastructure for both chips. Okay. So you don't have to have a different socket or, you know, a different ball grid array. Uh, one motherboard and any kind of laptop is going to work with either chip. So they can have the really low power, you know, what, uh, 15 to 25 watt. 
I think it's actually 10 watt. Is uh, But anyway, they didn't go into actual numbers of the Carrizo L. No, not yet. Uh, or you could have the, the higher powered, uh, you know, just regular Carrizo. And uh, those are, they're both SOCs. Southbridge is integrated on both. Um, they're going to do some really interesting things with uh, 4K. They've got built in. Uh, um, H.265 decode? Yeah, yeah. That uh, huh. they, they showed it side by side against an Intel. That was doing uh, 4K, was it 30 frames per second. Bay Trail, Bay Trail, and it and it just wasn't you know couldn't do it. Yeah, but uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, it wasn't Bay Trail. I thought it was an i. It was Core i5. Yeah, Core i5. Yeah, okay. but it was you know it was pegging the CPU yeah. and just not able to do it. But uh, the built-in hardware with the uh, latest UBD that will be hosted in Carrizo was doing it really nicely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, energy efficiency. Uh, it'll be uh, a next generation GCN architecture. Um, it's going to support uh, obviously DirectX 12, Mantle, all the goodies. Uh, but they didn't want to go into any of the real details. They're going to do that at ISSC in February. What, yeah, and uh, so conference. yeah, it's it. They're going to go over the uh, the architecture mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, they say that it's going to be a mid year product. So that's going to be Computex plus or minus, well, Computex plus probably a couple of weeks. Right. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll hear more about it uh, soon. So that was kind of interesting to see that they've actually got uh, new products coming down utilizing Excavator and a, a more unified mobile platform with the really low power to just regular kind of laptop power. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, and then I think let's see. We need to talk about FreeSync. Probably. Doing. I mean, we should. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think some people are interested in it. So uh, this was the first chance we've had. They had three FreeSync monitors on display at their suite there, uh, and it, it was an LG twenty-one by nine. Ratio twenty five sixty by ten eighty screen. Um, they had a Samsung four K twenty eight inch screen, and then they had a BenQ twenty seven inch twenty five by fourteen screen. The BenQ is a TN. The other two were actually IPS or IPS or AHVH. No, one some IPS like a- technology. AHVA. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to make you learn this by the end of the week. A-H-V-A. What's it stand for? Anybody know? I don't know. That would help. Um, anyway. And something. Good quality. Vertical alignment. Almost IPS, we'll say. That sounded pretty good, though. Horizontal vertical alignment? Yeah. That's, see, those are words. No, because PVA. But anyway. <laughs> so, go ahead. Okay. So um, <clears throat> we saw FreeSync, and it worked for the most part. It worked. It worked pretty well, but it, it's different in in some key ways, right? So, um, the uh, the the twenty one by nine and the four uh, K monitor were sixty hertz displays. The uh, uh, the the TN panel, the BenQ panel, was one hundred forty four hertz display. Now, what is also important is you have to know that these monitors are going to be rated with minimum refresh rates, and it's not like minimum frame rates necessarily, but it's the minimum amount of time that the display will allow the panel to not be refreshed. This is actually the case on G-Sync monitors. It's just kind of um, worked around in a little bit different way. So even though uh, these monitors on display had minimums, um, AMD claims that these are still firmwares in in development and that these could be adjusted uh, before release, probably in the next 30 to 60 days or so. 
the 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 4K monitor, we'll just use it as a primary example, has a minimum of 40 hertz and a maximum of 60 hertz. Obviously, since it was a 60 hertz panel, and that means that uh, the variable refresh portion of FreeSync only works between 40 and 60 frames per second. Are you, you guys having a conversation over chat over there? Yeah, I'm. Okay. I'm texting uh, Ken and whispering sweet nothings in his. I really ear. do. You really it. shouldn't send me those pictures while we're on the podcast. I probably shouldn't, uh, but they're fun. So you've got this window of variable refresh on this panel, and what AMD has decided to do, maybe not just AMD, but what the Adaptive Sync standard has decided to do, is that when you are inside that window, you get no tearing and you get smooth animation. Right, you're going to have the frame delivered to the screen at the same rate that the game is 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 uh, rendering it. Now, if your game renders at 70 frames per second or your game renders at 30 frames per second on that particular monitor, you are outside that window. And um, then you have the option to enable or disable VSync. And that setting actually takes hold when you're outside that VRR window. So if you're running at 70 frames per second and you have VSync enabled, then you will be running at 60 hertz, which is the maximum refresh rate of the monitor, and it would act just like VSync on wood. Right? You get whatever input latency is added there, whatever potential stutter or judder, judder would be added yeah. there. Um, if you t- decide to have VSync turned off, you get the the same experience you would there. Right? At 70 frames per second, you would be you would see horizontal tearing on the screen, uh, but you would be you would have no input latency. And you know the frames would show up as soon as they were ready, kind of like we would we have seen for years and years and years of the basic off. Now the same thing happens under forty, right? If you're rendering at thirty, um, then if VSync is on, you're you know you're rendering with VSync on, no tearing, but you know input latency, whatever it happens to be. Uh, and then if you have it off, you'll see horizontal tearing, but no input latency or whatever, right? Now that it leaves some interesting questions. Uh, about like what happens when right when you go under that um, that minimum level right are you going to see judder is there going to be a transition between that if you are transitioning between that frequently if you're going between 35 and 45 a lot on that particular monitor and particular scene what happens what is the experience like as it transitions between that we didn't really have the capability to do that yeah um because the the demos they had set up did go below the minimum um probably not an accident but we'll have monitors soon and we'll be able to tell um and i think that's important right because nvidia has worked very hard to find a way to get around that judder yeah, yeah. the first generation of nvidia panel had the problem. actually had that problem at that condition right and since they have fixed it yeah they fixed that right yeah. and so we don't know if this, we don't know for sure if FreeSync will have that same problem, but we right. do know that they didn't tell us that it didn't. They didn't have an answer to it. Yeah. Right. And it, it just enabling VSync is not enough, right? Because if you go from 40 and then all of a sudden you're rendering a game at 38, right? There's yeah. no 38 with VSync on. You would just drop straight to 30. So would that show up as a judder? Would you be able to notice that? You would think, but you would think. We'll see. We don't know. Or if you jump down to 25, what happens, right? So yeah. um, I, I do think it's interesting to give the user the option of what happens when you are outside that range. Because G-Sync has an, a range effectively, right? Yeah. 30 to 60 on that Acer. It's 30 hertz to 60 hertz on that Acer 4K panel. But what they do is if you're rendering over 60 frames per second, it's just like V-Sync on period. You yep. don't get the option of 
disabling vsync and having it go back to tearing right and if you're under that you don't see tearing at all um and they attempt to fix it through other algorithms, right? About how they're delivering uh, frames and, and at what rate they're delivering frames. So um, it's it's very interesting. We saw like one potential issue with one of the demos they had about you know like it was rendering at sixty and at the upper limit, and uh, it, it it's a much more I don't want to say it's a confusing, much more confusing thing but it's more uh there's more um knobs to turn and look at now because with g-sync disabling or enabling v-sync itself doesn't even do anything but with FreeSync, it does it has an effect on the experience yeah and people will have to determine if it's a good experience or if uh they prefer what the way nvidia has done i think offering options is mostly good um so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Not, nothing on pricing, availability. Like, but, but hey, it was yeah. working. We sell it. It's not vaporware. Yeah, it, it will be shipping. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely I, working, I absolutely right? believe that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they absolutely have it. Um, and I also had an interesting thing. This will be in our, in our write-up that, uh, that I'm working on right before that we recorded this. Is um, We talked yesterday a little bit about that MG monitor, whose model number I don't know from Asus, <laughs> that is not a G-Sync, but it's 120 hertz IPS 25 by 14 that supports adaptive sync. Uh, DisplayPort 1.28 Plus, and AMD said to me very explicitly that uh, even if it is not branded a FreeSync monitor, if it adheres to the standard, it will work with their hardware. They, they will not, not block. They're not blacklisting, and they're not whitelisting displays. Right? Hmm. Um, what they want to do is certify things that provide a better experience. For example, uh, uh, you know, the, the idea came up that you know a monitor could come out and brand itself as variable refresh, and it only have a five hertz window yeah. where it does it, and that would meet the standard. It would oh, meet this, the spec. This window is provided by the monitor, by the, the mon- way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The window yeah. is provided by the monitor vendor. Yeah. Uh, the you know scalar hardware, like it's right. a hardware limit. Just, that just they, like just like how when you plug a monitor into a system right now, it says the monitor tells the system, okay, these are the refresh rates I can do. Yeah, right. This is just another parameter that gets passed yep. to the system. Right. So it'd be possible for a monitor vendor to create an EDID that gives it a five hertz variable window, and okay. it would work. But that's not really useful, right? Right, and so AMD doesn't want to maybe have that FreeSync brand associated with it. So that's where the the kind of the the marketing, the kind of uh, uh, the 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 what's what am I, what word I'm looking at the program to uh, standards approve. Well, yeah, yeah, standards I mean, body. Yeah, it's not really standards, but certification yeah. process. Yeah. Thank you, uh, yeah. thank you, Ryan. A logo. Yeah, yeah, but so that means what I said was like, so if this ASUS monitor supports adaptive sync, it will work. And they said yes. So there, we had that confirmed, right? Like, it will work yeah. on AMD hardware if it adheres to the standards. And, that, and that's good news um, for everybody else out there. And it doesn't mean, and it, so now we know that just because a monitor doesn't say it's free sync capable doesn't mean it's not. Which kind of sucks because if a manufacturer doesn't necessarily put DP 1.2A plus adaptive sync, I the imagine box, they will say uh, like variable refresh capable or something like that. Maybe that, that will be that will be a thing, and then we will have to ask like, well, okay, well, what's your minimum? What's your maximum? Yeah. Right, and that's or that's, a new may, spec. Or that's maybe, on us. Or maybe like they're they're just buying a scaler out of the box that supports it, and they don't even necessarily realize it or know what they're doing, and a monitor can do it, but it's never mentioned in the materials. It could, which it would that, be a nice surprise, but that's on us. That's on the monitor vendors. Yeah, it but we sh- can't cover every monitor. No, 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 but it shouldn't be on AMD, right? If it's an open standard, they shouldn't have to approve yeah, it. Right? No. That's the whole idea. And 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 they say that there's zero cost for certification. They say there's zero cost for FreeSync brand. It's still quote free, right? And I think that's very important. 
right? And, and they're still saying that these monitors are not going to be more expensive just because they have FreeSync. Now, will a 120 hertz IPS panel 25 by 14 probably be expensive from ASUS? Probably. Probably, right? But it's not because of, you know, display port, uh, display port 1.2a, you know, Visa standards or whatever. It's not because they have to pay AMD some amount of Correct. money. To right. They're not, they don't have to add any, you know, maybe the new scalers that support it are a little bit more expensive, but right. all of the scalers will be like that way. So, um, it's it, it was great to see it. Like I was glad to see it in person. I'm glad to see it work. Uh, we still have a lot of technical questions. We still have a lot of business side questions. Um, we still have questions of when it's actually going to be available uh, and when you guys will be able to buy it. I tried to let them take me let me take one out of the <laughs> out of the suite to say I just need to do some tests on this. Trust me, it'll be fine. And they didn't really go for that. So um, it's uh, it, it's pretty. It, it was interesting. It was interesting. Not I'm not 100% happy. I'm not 100% sad. But I'm more happy than I'm sad. I don't know what that means. That's good. Because, you know, choice is key. It is. It is. And and the price of G-Sync monitors tells me that we need to have this competition, that AMD needs to have these monitors and these guys need to come out with this well, to lower it's, prices. Well, it's not really choice because you're still locked it's in. It's not choice. It's not choice for monitor to monitor, but it is choice now from... Uh, uh, platform to platform, from yeah, like vendor to vendor, to right? The next time people go to upgrade their monitor, or I'm, well, next time people go to upgrade their monitor, they have to make the decision. I'm okay. Am yeah. I going to go now? Now that I have to decide, I'm going to get an AMD or an NVIDIA GPU, right? Well, okay. If if NVIDIA monitors are three hundred dollars more expensive than AMD monitors, hell, I can get a second graphics card for that. You know? Yeah, yeah but that's that's not really choice. It, I mean, oh, oh, well, oh. it's not an open standard. Uh, but it's a choice you have to make. Because Adaptive Sync will only work with AMD and GC will only work with NVIDIA. So you make the choice once and then follow up with the next. So you make the choice and right. then you buy the other product, right? You either buy a GPU and then buy right. the monitor, buy the monitor and then buy the GPU. Correct. So yep. It's yeah, still yeah. one choice. But it's a choice. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like I, I can choose, go with if, NVIDIA. If, even, if I I have an NVIDIA even if I have an NVIDIA card now, I could choose to say I don't want to spend $300 extra on a monitor. So... I'm going to buy an AMD card and thus get the 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 FreeSync monitor. Yeah, but you don't. What? It, it's it's not it's not for it's sure. It's like I want it's a, a package deal that has all metric bolts, I think, or I'm going to get a Ford with all English standard. I think Ken's trying to argue that it's not a common thing in people's minds to do a it, GPU and correct. Uh, display. It, it, at it, the same it, time. it would be a choice if I could buy an adaptive sync monitor and work on Nvidia. I, th- I think the the term choice is is probably that it's like it would be, I don't it, know. It, it would be better. It's not for a checkbox sure. for either one anymore, unless you talk unless you're talking about price. So if they can both do VRR, then okay, you can take that out of your decision, and, except for price. That's true, except for price, and you well, know, which is a big thing. There will be different monitors, like you know, some monitors. Yeah. G-Sync might have that one flagship awesome monitor, right? But maybe it's not. Maybe it's adaptive sync, and there's still a possibility. I still believe deep down somewhere that NVIDIA wants to support Adaptive Sync. Well, they're going to come out with a, a card that will support, what, 1.2 plus they, they, or whatever. They, 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 no they, he he has very specifically said that they don't want to support yeah. that. Because su- it's, it's not a required part of the Visa standard. Yeah. It is an optional part. Right. And not only that, but they basically the gist was they can't get the same experience. Like they're going for a specific kind of experience with. I'm not sure that's the case. Their G Sync. It, it may well, have been the case initially. Yeah. yeah. Being able to control both sides of the thing, but we'll see. Yeah. A um, couple of things I I missed 
Uh, one thing oh, yeah. is that sure. um, go for it. Uh, Carrizo is going to be the first fully HSA compliant right. part. We we kind of discovered through a sideways that Kaveri was not entirely HSA HSA compliant because when they designed it and was released, the full specification was not nailed down. So Carrizo is going to be the first one that. Uh, also, we did talk about some desktop stuff. Uh, FXs are still the CPUs of choice for a person uh, who wants performance. Uh, they do have a new APU coming out, the A87650K. It's a four-core and, uh, what, a six-GPU um, unit? I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't in that meeting. Yeah, but uh, 105 bucks. it's going to be inexpensive. And it kind of just slots in there in between a couple other models. Um, but other than that, uh, the the one thing that they're excited about is DirectX 12 and uh, and, and Mantle. They're all multi-threaded. And, of course, at, at every price point, AMD seems to have more threads available to them, even though Intel has better IPC. Sure. And so they're, they're kind of hoping that DirectX 12 will help level the playing field when it comes to gaming. That AMD will consistently have more threads available yeah. than uh, Intel does at any price point. But Maybe. we'll see if that actually comes into play. But that's about it. All right. Yeah. Um, that's all the stuff that we did. There's still there's actually a lot more uh, news and coverage on the website if you go there uh, that, that Scott and Sebastian and Tim and, and uh, Jeremy and, and maybe more and stuff have been have been adding there. Like Razer has a uh, a VR dev kit now. Hey, and they have an Android gaming streaming device. So you can go read about those things. Um, Be Quiet announced new low profile heat sinks. Lidon has uh, well, I think we already talked about that. Uh, oh, the Dell XPS 13 is a kick-ass laptop. We couldn't talk about it last night because it was... That was NDA. one of the more impressive designs I've seen in a while. It's it's a Broadwell U system uh, that is the size of Ken's MacBook Air. Like, it, the MacBook Air set perfectly inside of it. <laughs> but it doesn't have, so. you know, the gigantic bezel? But it has None a... That. That's an 11-inch screen, right? Yeah. And the Dell, the Dell has a 13-inch screen, so you get a 13-inch screen in the in the same space. And um, now I'm sad. The trackpad was really really nice. Like it was it was a super sexy machine. 5.7 millimeter bezels here, uh, and it's available starting at 12.99 with a 19 by 10 matte finish screen, or you can go up to as high as 16.99 when you start to do things like uh, go to the 3200 by 1800 screen, uh, but that does have gloss and touch. Did they yeah. all have touch? No, I think no. the lower end did not have lower touch. Lower end did not. It's just yeah. the, the higher. Which is actually, like, I think I want that. Yeah. Twelve ninety nine. that sounds awesome for that. They also had the uh, Dell Venue 8 7000 8-inch Atom tablet. This is using 3580. Um, another super incredibly thin, super small bezel device um, that's really cool. It's running Android. Uh, check out that video as well. 25, that is 20, 60 by 1600 OLED display. Yeah, 2560 by 1600, 8.9-inch. OLED display, 8.4 inch, yeah, 8.4 inch OLED display looked super awesome, super sharp, super bright. Um, we got a video on the homepage for that. Uh, trying to think what else, you know. There's a whole bunch of Corsair news here, like we talked about new GTX devices, new cases, uh, the the water cooling stuff. Just kind of browsing through the homepage uh, report. Apparently, Nvidia Maxwell GM206 pictures leaked. 
um, which was apparently GTX 960. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Um, Kingston HyperX Predator PCIe SSD launched. Talked about that yesterday. Did we? Okay. The uh, yeah, yeah, I see stuff that we talked about yesterday. So we didn't say the Neutron XT officially launched. Right. We have reviewed that, that. That was this morning. We reviewed that a month or two ago. Yep. I think it was November. Yep. Uh, actually launched. Uh, pricing seemed a little higher than I was hoping for, considering you know the performance wasn't like the best. And it looks like Sebastian just posted on the front page uh, EVGA teasing uh, GTX 980 with all-in-one liquid cooling. Um, so there you go. Not quite the three liquid coolers in a suitcase that no. Gigabyte offered, um, but definitely looks pretty nice. Uh, MSRP of 799 for the GTX 980 Hydro. 799. So uh, I'll see that tomorrow when we go visit with uh, with EVGA for sure. Um, so that's going to round up our episode here, uh, which will mark the last CES podcast we do from this location. Um, no more pretty pictures no behind more, us. No more pretty pictures of the no more porn mirrors or whatever. Um, you didn't realize those were mirrors, huh? Oh, I remember. Oh, you remembered. Uh, uh, so uh, we the reason we'll, we'll be here tomorrow. We'll be here all day tomorrow. But uh, we're actually leaving on red eye flights out. Josh is leaving in the afternoon tomorrow. Uh, we'll try to record up an audio podcast um, with me and Ken and Alan, maybe like at the airport or something, because we'll have a little bit of time between our last meeting and uh, when our flights actually leave. But uh, uh, it will not be live, probably. No, it will not be. Ken says no. Boo. Um, so we'll record that and we'll have it up. So if you want to find that, go to pcpro.com slash podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our, our, our RSS feeds there. Um, and we want to thank you guys for, for hanging out. Sorry about the connectivity issues with the live stream if you're watching that. But if you missed stuff, we'll have this up on YouTube tonight uh, or on, uh, again, at pcpro.com slash podcast. So uh, we thank you guys for hanging out with us during CES. And um, that's it, I guess. Everybody say bye. 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 Uh, We'll see you at home in our regular places with our normal backgrounds. Aw. I know. It's very sad. I'll miss you guys. Not really. Bye. Good night.